All right, welcome back. Uh, Aaron here from sunny, hot as fuck Los Angeles, California. Uh, we got we got both of the Kevins with me today. One of you is in the Bay Area, and one of you is in Silicon Valley, which is basically the same thing, right? Pretty much the same thing. Yeah. 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 How you guys doing? Doing pretty good. It's uh, the weather's incredibly nice. I don't really understand what the fuck is going on because isn't it technically still winter? Yes, yeah, I think it's February. It's supposed to be February, and it's like hot and sunny. Yeah, that's that's a little concerning, you know, for the end of the world and all. It's a little strange. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really hot. I, I it's my first uh, my second week in Los Angeles. I just moved down here, so now we're going to be doing this remote podcasting thing. So if we talk over each other a little, forgive us. Uh, try to edit that out in post, but it's really hot in LA. Uh, yeah, you're it's probably so really hot. Experiencing the heat. Uh, yeah, it's so hot that there are burgers on every corner. I can eat In and Out, Shake Shack, Fat Burger, fucking everything. Burgers everywhere. That, I don't know that's, what you guys. That's dangerous. I don't know about that. That, that sounds great. Like just I, coronary heart disease. I just had I think, a habit burger myself for lunch. So, yeah, burger that should come down. Yeah. What we do, what we'll do is we'll we'll, we'll get it In and Out. We'll get the Shake Shack. Mm-hmm. We'll get a Fat Burger, blind taste test. Burger tourism. Burger tourism. Yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. Uh, I'd like that. Kevin, you got a new PC? You, you're building a PC? Tell me about this. Oh, yeah, I did. I got a... Uh, so my old PC was dead. I've been... <coughs> excuse me. I've been getting my laptop for a while now. Finally decided to pull the trigger on a i7... Or a new i7, uh, 8700K. So I'm pretty excited mm-hmm. about that. What you got, a, you got a sweet... Did you get... Yeah, what so I got a gigabyte Z, Z370, which that's like the chip, the i the i7... It's an 800K chip set thing. And then I got the Gaming 5. It's got, like, RGB lights and all the fancy Yay. stuff. Uh, but I also got delete. really high-clocked RAM, 3200 megahertz RAM. Oh, shit. So it should be a very high-performing computer that I think will no longer hold back my uh, graphics card, which I do That's think was good. a problem with my old CPU. How much so, did yeah, you? you how much did you pay for the RAM? Because that has also seen a crazy price spike. Uh, An outrageous of amount bullshit. of money. I paid way more than I should have paid for it. Yeah, it's stupid. Like a friend. It was of more expensive than the motherboard. Yeah. What? Yep. Yeah. For thirty-two gigs? No, sixteen gigs. Okay. Well, that's yeah. A friend of mine sent me a link uh, the other day. Thirty-two gigs of DDR4 was like uh, four hundred and fifty dollars. That sounds right. What? Yeah, that yep. sounds right. So I think uh, we are all in agreement that fuck the crypto people. Yeah, I agree. Oh my god, you yeah, fuck the crypto people. Yeah, it's fucking weird because the processor fuck, was also uh, cheap. It was on sale. It's a new processor. It was it was almost a hundred dollars off. So that's why oh, I was like, nice. oh, I should just buy this now. I want it. I need a new processor. It's on sale. But so, but then the RAM ever, made up for all of that. So. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever problem? Uh, did you ever tr- troubleshoot the old system and figure out what was wrong with it? Nope. For some reason, I just have no patience to do that. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I do it for my job. I don't know. I just right. I don't want to do it. So I just I start over fresh. Apparently, I can use my own my old cooler with it, which is really cool. Ooh, oh, that's nice. nice. So, yeah, I can build it. Although you should really you should get water cooled, right? Probably at some point in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah get water cooled. They're cheap. They're like a hundred bucks, and they're. I might even good. just do that now and just start with that. I have to wait two more days to build it, but it might be smarter to do yeah. that. I think I. I mean, if you can do it, I would say do it. Yeah, Hit run better in life. The Corsair well, like H one hundred or whatever yeah, it is. I think it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Sweet. All right. Well, uh, we want to see photos of that. We want to see those photos on Instagram on the Jump Crouch. So yes. we're going to put that shit up. Speaking, it's going to be cool. Speaking of computer parts, like I'm seriously considering selling one of my 1080s right now because used, okay. I can get like $1,100 <laughs> oh, for it. You used. should. You probably make money off of it. I would. I paid $500. Yeah. I can get double what I paid for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's insane. Do that. Yeah. Why not? Like, get a, what get an hell? Xbox One X. Maybe. Uh, or something. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. That's... or. Pay, pay off your taxes. Who knows? Whatever. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. Rather get an Xbox. I thought you were going to say you were going to get a third for a minute there. I was like, oh. nope, nope, nope. I'm not that crazy or stupid uh, yet. But <laughs> <laughs> yet. Yeah, yeah. It's insane. Fuck, fucking PCs. I, a friend of mine is also doing another build right now, and his is fully liquid cooled. So he's doing like custom mm. tubing and custom blocks and all kinds of crazy stuff. That is, from what he explains, an insanely in-depth process. I don't think I have the patience for it, but I can certainly certainly respect stuff like that. It's cool. I Hell feel yeah. like uh, the uh, performance to work put in may not be, at least for me, what yeah. I'd want. Yeah, it's not really about performance, though. It's more of having a really cool-looking PC. Yeah, I can see that. Right. For aesthetic reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, like I get a hot that. rod. Yeah, I get that. All right. Well, uh, you guys, you guys like The Surge? You guys liked the surge. I love the surge. Yeah. The surge is great. Those are my favorite games of last year. Barely, barely beat PUBG on the uh, top five list. And uh, <laughs> roll in. That Zelda barely beat PUBG. <laughs> I did actually. Zelda beat uh, shit out of PUBG. <laughs> any, no, any. I, I heard it was like a very small, small amount of beating. Uh, surge is getting a sequel. Getting a sequel. What do we know about this, Kevin? Um, so actually, just more news just came out uh, yesterday. As a matter of fact, on that, um, they're making a sequel. Um, it's going to come out in 2019. I guess there's going to be a character creator now, which is super cool. Um, mm-hmm. you, don't have to, you don't have to play as the kind of just standard main character of the of the other game. He was fine, but he just wasn't really much of anything. Um, I right. guess now it's going to be set in a city, so people who didn't mm-hmm. like the, you know, desolate, uh, uh, you know, kind of machine factory dead landscape like kind of you know alien or whatever vibe dead space you think they you don't they don't want that now they have an open city with npcs that you can talk to i guess there's quests in it and i it's gonna be i guess a much larger game scope wise that's so right i'm really hoping that they include multiplayer because i think if i think personally i think these guys have the skill to continue on the the, uh dark souls torch i think that a lot of people want so if they kept Mm -hmm. they kept going with these games i think they they could have some some big success that's cool. Yeah, like the first game was super limited. Like it wasn't corridory per se, but it was definitely like a very closed and not incredibly massive world. So that's that's good to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was you know a typical kind of Souls Metroidvania style. But I did like how the first game. I personally loved the first game's world, but I guess it wasn't for everyone because it was very samey in its design. Like right. how everything yeah. was very. It's all kind of mechanical and indoors. But I yeah. I like that kind of you know endless no tech-based cool look. So. I'm glad to see these guys get a third swing because um, I feel like each game they've put out has been like significantly better. So if they keep that, and I, I don't see why they shouldn't, like, you know, that progression of just getting better at doing these type of games up, like yeah. this game could be the real, the hit. The hit, yeah. And I think it could. I think, if they, I really think if they put multiplayer, they would double their sales. I know the multiplayer is a much yeah. larger thing to put in. It's a lot of work, but right. I think they would really, they'd do well if they did. Yeah. Did they, well, that's uh, that's. They give a release window for this thing yet? They said just during 2019 on uh, uh, PC, PS4, Xbox One. No Switch talk. Nah. It'd be I really cool to have it on Switch, nah. but yeah, yeah, I wouldn't bet on that. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, in completely unrelated news, Winds of Winter has been potentially delayed again. The the sixth <laughs> book in the Song of Ice and wow. Fire by George R. R. Martin books. I didn't know that, but How I'm not surprised. Is that even possible? He's like working on some other books. Um, I don't know. As, as somebody who really, really likes those books, I'm like, what the fuck is going Are on? Are you surprised yeah. though? I'm not surprised. Like he's, but he's working on these blood and fire or fire and blood which are like some kind of like encyclopedia books about the the you know the universe hmm. um okay he said those are going to be coming out before the winds of winter so hmm. it's I, I just don't know what the like the guy's got to finish these books like I, I i love the man i feel like he's he's stressing himself out maybe he's doing it intentionally he's like i've been like i've had writer's block for three years i need to do something else you know i hear and it'll inspire I, me i hear those money bathtubs uh take some time to maintain so mm-hmm. yeah he's got to replace all of those uh, benjamins daily <laughs> yeah that's true you got to keep the fresh benjamins otherwise you know get a rash or something uh, Stale Benjamin I just, Rash. The thought of uh, of him jumping into a pile of money like Scrooge McDuck style is a pretty funny visual. Yep, yep, yeah. Yep. I can see it. Okay, other news. I don't know how much... Uh, I, I know one of you knows a little bit about this. I don't know if you know so much about this, Kevin Johnson. But Night Dive Studios, right, has been remaking the original System Shock. Yes, I have heard about you knew- that, and I heard about their okay. Kickstarter campaign. Is that is that the right track yep. where they made yep. too much money? Uh, they had a Kickstarter. Uh, yeah, that seems to be a consistent problem. So they they had a Kickstarter, and they hit all these stretch goals. They made a lot of money. They made or, I mean they made like one point three million, which really, in video game development terms, is fucking nothing. But no. um, but pretty good for a Kickstarter. And so they were going to remake. System Shock, just like the original game, but with updated graphics and some like quality of life UI improvements, which it needs. Uh, which it well, yeah, it does need. And then they're like, "Well, we've got this money. We're working on this game, and the, the sort of spectacle creep, the sort of concept creep, mm-hmm. like moved in." And they're like, "Well, maybe if we do it like a, a different art style and make it look a little bit more modern." That was a huge mistake, like, in my opinion. Right, and then they started adding all these new systems and all these new weapons, and they were basically making... A new game. A new game, right? So, just yesterday, or just today, I guess, System Shock reboot that raised $1.3 million on Kickstarter is now on quote-unquote hiatus. Uh-oh. We took the wrong path, says the uh, CEO of the company. Yeah. He said, so, he said that he felt like he made all the right decisions, but they all just didn't turn out. Right, I've been I've been keeping track of their dev blog videos for the last uh, the last year since they switched to Unreal. They've been putting out a series of of development blog issues highlighting the systems that they're putting into the game and the the art and the design and all that. And it looked interesting. I actually was more interested in the original concept of just an updated yeah version because they put out a demo the on Unity Steam, which version. Yeah, which was really cool. Really you can't good. seem to find. I can't find that demo anymore, which is really a bummer. Oh, really? Uh, it was awesome. It, but yeah, that was awesome, and I was like, that would have been a really cool thing because somebody's already working on System Shock Three. Exactly. And that, so, they are working on System Shock Three. <laughs> well, it's yeah. Night Dive. The, no, I. I mean, Night Dive is publishing is it, helping publishing it. Yeah, it's. But the people that are working on it are um, Warren Spector and Warren Spector, and I forget what the name of the studio is, but. Yeah, so here's what he says. He says, ultimately, the responsibility for the decisions rest with me. As the CEO and founder of Night Dive Studios, I let things get out of control. 
I can tell you that I did it for all the right reasons, that I was totally committed to making a great game, but it has become clear to me that we took the wrong path, that we turned our backs on the very people who made this possible, our Kickstarter backers. Uh, he does, however, promise that in the next 18 to 24 months, a, a, a remake of System Shock will come out. He's just not promising anything about what that's going to be like. So maybe they're just going to roll back and just go back to that original. I really hope so. Hmm. I, I think I'd be. It, it makes me sad because I really love Night Dive, but I really mm. do think they, lo- they they got off on the wrong path, like he said. On the, Once they changed the art style, like I, I really lost a lot of interest in it. Like it, it just didn't have... Part of, I think, what's cool about the remake is you're, it's remaking a game that's not really easily playable by today's gaming palette, you know? Right. So remaking it with some some changes was really a cool thing, but I don't I don't want a new game. I wanted the original game. I want to experience the original game just in a, a fresher, you know, coat of paint. Modernized. Absolutely. And, and I mean, that's what they were promising. And this is this is something that's happening with these Kickstarter games. You see it with... Uh, you see it with Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which I know is coming out this year. Mm-hmm. It's gonna looks to be really great. Mm-hmm. But like, they their first pitch was, "Hey, we're just gonna make an updated like Castlevania Metroidvania game," and then they're like, "Well, we're adding multiplayer and all these different modes and a roguelike mode and all this stuff, which is cool, but it's not really what they're promising. It's this weird concept creep that comes with these stretch goals and which are crazy. Sort of in- the incentives that you kind of have to have on Kickstarter to make more money, but then you end up adding stuff that maybe nobody needs or wants, and it makes the game take longer and it can create a lot of problems with, I don't know, Star Citizen. Like, <laughs> they could have just put out the fucking game that they wanted to, pro- you know, they promised in the beginning, but now it's this, it's a first-person shooter. It's an MMO. It's a single-player game. It's a cooperative that game's shooter. Never it's a looter shooter. Think. Such, an, such a bummer. You think Star yeah. Citizen, Martin's next book, or the next Half-Life game? What's 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 the furthest vaporware? Okay. Half-Life is officially canceled. It's not officially canceled. Uh, I don't know why you say it's, that. It's officially canceled as far as I'm concerned. No, no one has said uh, anything about it. Exactly. You know what's going to happen uh, is they're all going to come what? out on the same day. <laughs> yeah, that would be true. Leap year twenty twenty two. The end of the world though will also happen on that day. Uh oh. Yep. I think okay. I think Half Life three never. That's a strong never. I think Winds of Winter comes out in the next two or three years. Mm-hmm. Star Citizen. Um, Star Citizen <laughs> is. Is they're gonna just keep doing this weird? Sh- I feel like that's a pyramid scheme. Like they're, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's. I don't think that game's gonna come out. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, if it happens, I'll play it. But uh, well, of course, of course. I mean, it looks. Yeah, it looks like the greatest game ever. But which is another problem thing going against it. Whenever these games promise to be like everything to everyone, or like the last game, you know, the sort of end of history in gaming, they're always fall so much shorter of people's expectations yeah like uh what was the you know the, the space game that everybody hated elite dangerous no no that everybody hated oh uh, no man's sky. sky no man's sky right like no man's sky promised to be like the last game you would ever need to play yeah and then it turned out it was just a survival game maybe it's better Purple. to be like the subnautica like the unknown underdog and then come out of nowhere yeah, and be great yeah. that game looks excellent. yeah and not not promise to be like everything to everyone right so yeah I, I don't know so i'm a little bummed out that system shock it was supposed to come out this year um hot off the heels of playing prey which which is basically kind of a you know an homage to system shock 2 i was i was really looking forward to something like this we still have system shock 3 coming probably in 2019 yeah so that's good uh yeah i don't know but 
I, I've been so we've all played Prey now, right? Yes. Yeah, we've all finished Prey. Is that right? We've all finished Prey, so we'll try not to spoil anything too serious. But uh, yeah, Prey did give us that full System Shock, really System Shock two experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Johnson? You, you just finished it how long ago? Uh, like a couple days? Maybe last week, I think, or week okay. before I finished it. Um, I thought it was real great. I did pretty much everything. There are a few things that I missed, and uh, I liked the ending that I got. Um, I'm not going to venture into that territory because there are some serious potential spoilers there. But there is. Um, yeah. <clears throat> everything surrounding the story, I think we can. Uh, it's fair game to talk about now at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I when I first played the game, um, I dumped skills into the wrong places, and I wasn't happy, and I got stuck, and it just. It wasn't a good experience the first time I played that game. Um, I mm-hmm. restarted the game with a different mindset that I was going to kind of save some of those neuromods and kind of spend them as I needed them. Um, I think mm-hmm. that was a much better strategy. I ended the game with like hardly any combat mods spent, and I had like all of the strength, I had all of the hacking, I had hacking all of the engineering. And fixing. Yeah. Um, and that seems like that's the way to play that game. I also switched over to mouse and keyboard to make the combat much much easier uh, because that on was controller wise, yeah. it is near impossible. Um, so I kind of oh. blazed through all the combat uh, even without having so wait, any you didn't, upgrades. You didn't do any combat upgrades? Uh, maybe at the end I did a couple, yeah, but I... Did you do like the ability to jump like really and run faster? Uh, no, did I did like Dude, those are so good. health. Um, I didn't do any oh of the God. wrench stuff because I found myself to be pretty yeah. resourceful in finding ammo. Um, mm, I did yeah, fully yeah. upgrade all the guns because I did go the uh, weapon upgrade route. Okay. Um, that fully upgraded shotgun is a beast. That just <laughs> melts stuff. Um, it is, right. isn't it? It's really fucking good. Yeah, that is an excellent video game shotgun. Mm-hmm. It's a good. Yeah, that's the best gun in the game. I think. I yeah, would say so too. Yeah, yeah. I really love the glue gun too. I love just like climbing stuff with the glue gun and finding mm, yeah. hidden areas with the glue gun. Um, I know uh, in previous podcasts, Aaron, you mentioned, like, turn off the HUD and just explore, and that's exactly what Mm -hmm. I did. That's the way to fucking play that game, because you get some, like, borderline Breath of the Wild exploration moments out of it. Uh, It's awesome, isn't it? Problem solving. It is really awesome. I really liked exploring that game a lot. Yeah, I, I feel like that game has a lot in common, actually, with Breath of the Wild in terms of it's like it's all about, hey, just kind of explore this big open space that's really beautiful. And mm-hmm. there's all kinds of weird problems you can run into and you can solve them your way using kind of just logical problem solving skills that would work yeah. potentially in the real world. The whole solve it your way works really, really well in this game because it really does feel totally open ended in how mm-hmm. you can approach some of those problems. I really enjoyed like, just spending time like digging through every little corner of Talos too. Like I, I've, I know that ship like by heart, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And it's a pretty <coughs> sizable ship too. I mean, there's a lot mm-hmm. there to explore. There's a lot of nooks and crannies and hidden areas that, you know, I, yeah. I did most of the side stuff, and I don't even think I saw everything. <laughs> I don't think I did either. I did most of the side missions, but I don't think I did all of them. Um, yeah, there's a lot. There's, I mean. There's a lot There's a of lot. side missions. I, I did most of them. I, I definitely went to everywhere <coughs> on the ship. And I tried to get into every room that I found um, with some... I, I found some pretty pretty fun ways. It's like, it's like funny. Like, I don't want to spoil how 
I, I cheap this because you guys probably know what I'm talking about. But like, you'll be going to like, you'll see these rooms that you can't get into throughout the game. You're like, fuck, I wish I knew how to get in there. And then at some point, you'll figure out that there's a way that you could have been doing it the whole mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my oh god. Oh my god, I can't believe I didn't. I know. Oh my it's happened god. to me like and three or four actually, times. <laughs> There's like ways. So after watching other people like talk about this game, there's like shit that I had I would have never guessed. Yeah. Like the fucking Nerf gun. Oh right, like shooting it through the cracks and hitting a button. People, across, across yes. The people use the Nerf gun. Yeah. I've never used the Nerf gun. I never. I was just like, this is, has to have a use, but I don't. I just didn't. Yeah. Have the page. Shooting the button through the windows. I never thought to do that either. It's really clever though. But um, yeah, just so many, so much creative problem solving, which is really one of the things that I think that I value the most in video games. It's just like being able to like do a thing my way and kind of feel clever about the solution that I came up with. Yeah, not, not being forced so to do it well. the way the developer plans you to do it. Yeah. Right. Linear problem solving, like puzzles, I'm not less and less a fan of. Um, Can I talk about one it, thing that might be a mild spoiler? Because it's something that I really hated about this game, and it was a bug oh. that really, really upset me. Um, uh, you got a bug? Yeah, yeah. It was a oh. quest-breaking bug. Um, so, spoilers. Say that right now. Okay. Spoilers. So, um, Skip ahead uh, 60 seconds, yeah, if you don't want any spoilers. Did, did you guys end up saving Dahl? Or did you kill yes. Dahl? I saved everyone. No, okay, shit. so I saved I didn't, I didn't when I went person. to save Dahl, right, like, I encountered him outside of Alex's office right before the big crazy Typhon monster breaks in. Um, mm-hmm. and when, after he does break in, like I electrocuted him, right? Yeah. And, um, he's with like the stun gun with the stun gun. Yeah. And yeah. then the big Typhon breaks in and uh, everything goes zero G and he's floating there. Uh, when you encounter him there, I don't know, apparently you can encounter him in different places, but, uh, where I encountered him, I had That's to That's not like, where I encountered him. Yeah. yeah. This is a major bug. I found it on multiple forums. Uh, you have to hmm. grab doll, carry him to a med bay and leave him there. But every time right. he touches the ground, he dies, which is a bug. Oh. And then when you drop no. him in the medbay room, he dies. So when you encounter him in that place, there's no way you can finish that quest. So that, that was sucks. really, really hmm. upsetting. And it's bullshit because that game was out for, you know, a year almost by the time I played it. So yeah. that's a little inexcusable. That sucks. That's uh, I don't even know how you would see Dahl at that particular point yeah. in the game, but... For um, me, he was like in the engine room, like with the oxygen stuff. Yeah, that's what I read. A lot of people, most people encountered yeah. him there. But I know I found him outside of me. Alex's office. He's like trying to break in, and uh, to save Alex, you gotta either kill Doll or stun him. Hmm. Okay. Yep. Well, that's 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 that a sucks, bummer. Yeah. That, that would have pissed me off. I mean, I still. Here's what I'll say, and I guess this is gonna continue the spoilers a little bit. I do think that the game for me got to be a little less enjoyable around the point that that guy shows up. Mm-hmm. Like it's really for me, it was like the last three hours of the game. I, because all of a sudden you're like fetch quest, like just fetch, fetch, fetch quest, fetch quest, fetch quest all over the ship. Sure. And I just found myself like flying as fast I as I could. I didn't feel like there was that many fetch quests that part. You have to like, I actually saw somebody do a diagram. You have to literally go from the top of the station, to the bottom <clears> of the station, to the top of the station, for the, very, back for to the, the end of the game you do, but not for that. That's part. what I'm talking about. Only that's, for like the very ending though. But like when mm-hmm. Doll shows up, like basically the game changes. You have like a new thing you have to deal with. Actually, that, that, right. that was my favorite part of the game. Was when like when all of a sudden you had like this new really? f- new fort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, because I would I, I would just basically lure the enemies into killing each other and then like reap the rewards from. Right. Sure. I mean, you also took yeah. By the time mm-hmm. that point of the game rolled around, I had so much fucking ammo <laughs> and all my guns were right. upgraded. Like the enemies weren't even remotely a threat anymore. I was just plowing shit down. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like the uh, time leading up to that is much more of a survival horror type feeling, and I enjoy yes. that a lot more. Right. Yeah, the exploration, like the first, I would say, a lot of people really like the beginning of the game. I did not hate the beginning of the game, but I felt like it didn't really capture what I liked about the game. Like, I'd say from like hour four to hour 25 to 30 were like, was just pure bliss it's, for me. It's exploring. awesome once you first get to the hardware labs and you're like yeah. free to explore the hardware labs to however you want. And then basically from there out to, the, to, to like the end of the game, you have your own kind of freedom to do whatever. Right. Yeah. That's a great fucking game. Yes, I'd like it to is. replay it one day. A uh, little, little too much on my play r- right now to play it again, but uh, it definitely has right. some serious replayability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, I already started to replay, although I've uh, put that in the back burner for a little bit. Nice. Wait, did you guys like the story in that game? Because I thought yes. it was phenomenal. I really loved it. Yeah, it was really cool. I, I liked it, but I, I wasn't as engaged with it. Um, what I really liked was like less the plot like the overall plot that but the like little stories oh sure because, and i think i said about this game of the year podcast like i thought it did a really good job of building up the characters that populated the station and giving them texture and sort of like real lives in a way that that a lot of games like that don't like you think like bioshock they're, they're always like talking about their fucking like their their schemes right but they're not really talking about who they are whereas like, these people were talking about their lives and like the little like they played D&D and stuff yeah yeah and they accomplished yeah. that a lot through environmental storytelling too like when you're you know right. searching through their cabins you'd see a picture on the wall of them and their family or like a yeah. drawing that their kid made or something and it really added mm-hmm. a lot of uh, depth to the uh, the storytelling yeah i really like that too about that game i also thought i really like the like the theme the idea of like it reminded me of like Total Recall, like and that your character is like can be anyone. Like they were someone, but they're mm-hmm. now someone else. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's something you find out in the very beginning of the game. I'm thinking of a spoiler. Like that's like literally the right, first right, hour right. of the game. That's No, I, I thought so the, the themes and concepts, the sort of philosophy of mind questions that we're asking were really interesting. I liked that it that the game was very much about trolley problems and, and like yeah. moral yeah. like un, un unassuming moral questions. Um or moral dilemmas, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I fucking really, really love that game. As obviously, it was my number two game last year on my on our list. Uh, We're trying to trying to avoid more. spoilers. What kind of ending did you get? Mine was all uh, very good because I was a good character. Yeah. Okay, mine, mine, mine was good, and then it, and then I took it to a bad place. Yeah, mine was very oh. similar. Yeah, I, I mine was good, and then I took it to a bad place intentionally because I, I thought that, too. that would be hilarious. I got right. I got multiple endings. I I hit the ending like three different times to see all the different endings. I actually got like three different endings in that game. Nice. Mm. Yeah. It's a great game. Uh yeah. Yeah, it's a great game. I can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, another game that's again moving under the games that are inspired by System Shock, particularly System Shock Two. So what I've been trying to do this year, like for some reason, like as soon as the year changes over, everybody's like, Oh, there's no more games to play, whereas last year like a thousand games came out and nobody played even half of them. So I'm trying to back. I'm trying to get through my backlog. I'm trying to ignore what's coming out right now, even though there's kind of a lot of tempting shit coming out right now, uh, and play through my backlog. So I'm playing through Alien Isolation. Yes. I talked a little bit about this last time. Um, very similar game to Prey, but much more focused uh, and sort of minimalist in its design. Yeah, but more horror I am too. More of a straight more horror. I mean, it's de- it's definitely much more of a horror stealth game, obviously. Yeah, in a lot w- a lot, of, a lot of ways, it's more of a pure horror experience because you can't really fight. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah, I mean, you can kind of 
fight. You can't really. Well, you can kill once you anything. get about halfway through the game, you can kind of fight. Kind of. So um, you can like push it away. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. You yeah. can delay the inevitable. I, I think you can uh, kill the working Joes though, can't you? Yeah. Oh, of course. They yeah. take you can six totally headshots though. Yeah. They are. They are. <laughs> hard I think they to take, take twelve down. on hard. Man, I think it's twelve. Yeah. Yeah. They like that. You. You have to. You, you, but in the same way, it, it has a lot of uh, sort of like systemic possibilities, and that you can kind of. There's lots of ways you can fuck with stuff. Like the classic example is you throw out a noisemaker if there's a bunch of people because people are generally not always hostile towards you. Mm-hmm. So if there's a bunch of people blocking your path. You can throw a noisemaker and then the alien will come and rip them to shreds. Mm-hmm. And then you wait for the alien to leave and then you got a clear path. Yeah, I like <laughs> Which that. Is, uh, endlessly fun. But there's lots of other stuff like that you can do. Sure. Uh, I like I'm playing the game on this 144 hertz monitor. At 144 hertz, and it's such an immersive experience at that frame rate, which I wouldn't have guessed because it's not really, it's not a shooter. You know, it is a first person game, but you're not shooting. Like, I've, I've fired like my gun like two times in that game. Um, but just something about that frame rate with the, those graphics, this game is such an incredibly moody looking. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks so much like the work of Ridley Scott from like the late 70s, oh, yeah. early 80s, a sort yeah. of painting with light. Um, Oh, they definitely captured yeah, the really alien vibe with that game, like beautifully. Yeah, it gives me this nostalgia because, like, a lot of the the the, the style was sort of based on you know, or maybe maybe it went one way or the other, the sort of furniture that that came out in the late seventies and early eighties that like that like my my family members had into the mid and late eighties because you know they bought their stuff ten years ago. Like just playing through this game gives me like this weird nostalgia to being a kid and seeing like this kind of leather couches and this sort of weird. Just yeah. this weird style that just doesn't exist anymore. Um, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's awesome. That that to me just reads they did such a good job of making that game like truly immersive. They did. Right. It's, it's awesome. I, I love that about that game. It's a fantastic fucking game. Yeah, uh, I have to beat it. it's and it definitely like it gives me the same sense of uh, sort of panic and. Uh, like investment, like especially when the alien's really close to you, because you're like what you're doing right is you're hiding from the alien. It gives me similar feelings that I get to when I play PUBG. Like in those last few minutes, like I get a, a very intense, heightened, like oh, you know, every every little mouse input is like, you know, carefully considered and dreadful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. But uh, yeah, Alien Isolation. That's what I'm playing right now. I'll come back next time with something new for my backlog hopefully maybe finally play fucking near automata uh i heard you guys been playing a fighting game it's like really beautiful 2d fighting game yeah yes yeah there is a fighting game out right now it's kind of taken that whole fighting game community by storm from what i understand um Mm -hmm. yeah yeah the dragon ball fighter z so the game that i've wanted since i was 10 is out um, I've always, always wanted like a really good, true 2D Dragon Ball Z fighting game. You know, something less, you know, Xenoverse or Budokai and more Street Fighter, which this game definitely is. Well, I guess it's more Guilty Gear than anything. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, this game hits all of those buttons for me in just the right ways. Um, I also don't like fighting games. Uh, they've never really done it for me, except for Tekken Tag Tournament was really the only fighting game I've ever gotten into. Uh, this one, however, I cannot put it down. I've got about almost almost 40 hours into it. Um, sorry, my dog. Uh, almost 40, dog loves 40 the game hours too. <laughs> into it, and uh, I can't can't seem to put this thing down. Um, I bought a stick for it and everything, and it's it's great. 
Yes, yeah, it's really fun. I've spent some time on it too. Because, I, like I said, I've been playing Tekken. I'm talking about that a lot, you know. So, a lot of the skills from Tekken weirdly translate, even though like, they're totally different fighting games and totally different styles. It's kind of like how you it's play a different shooter. Like, you, you, it's, it clicks, you know? Like, you, you get some of the stuff right. that's going on. I heard this game it has a lot of, like, quarter circle yeah. input stuff. So, I mean, it's it's got a similar moveset. It's a Namco game, right? Yeah, but yes, it doesn't really it play like Tekken at all. But it's just. Okay. Just the fake. Fighting games, like learning all of that kind of like what you, the strategies of fighting games and all that stuff, has been useful. I think for learning this game. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. It's very, very easy to pick up and play. Um, it yeah. has a really great auto combo system, so you can hit, you know, like medium, medium, medium will give you like a ten hit combo, and then uh, light, light, light will give you a different ten hit combo, and they usually wrap those up with like a super on top of it, so it's super, super easy to pick up. Um, I'm to the point now where I'm not really using the auto combos much anymore, if at all, um, because the manual combos do, you know, significantly more damage, and yeah. uh, you can chain them a whole lot easier um, and more efficiently together. But uh, yeah, I think the first 20 hours I was playing that game, I was just spamming auto combo, doing online matches, and having a blast with it. Yeah, Kevin, I got awesome. got quite a few hours, and it was it was a lot of fun. It reminds me, I think, like the game that reminded me the most when I played. Marvel vs. Capcom 3 on, uh, I think it's called easy mode or like like accessible mode or whatever. It's like the mode that you can easily jump into the game and it kind of almost plays like Smash Bros. Marvel vs. Capcom that is. Hmm. Like it's kind of, not, not really, but kind of. This game's similar. Like yeah. you, you jump in the air and you just press the button and you can easily juggle people. It's not like, it doesn't take hours and hours of combo learning or something. Right. Like, like yeah. Tekken or, or Street Fighter, you have to spend hours to learn. Well, as, to juggle people. as it gets deep, it, it definitely, once you get into those like 50 hit manual combos, it certainly does. Um, 50 hit? Yeah, 50 hit. I've seen 60 and 70 hit combos. Um, Damn. It gets really, really insane. Um, it's, so there are combos it's like a that different are like system. 30 inputs. Because <clears throat> like the regular auto combos can go with like 20 or 30 hits, I think, right? Uh, the auto like combos? The, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. The auto combos... But it's, it's basically very accessible, but also has the depth if you want it. Like, you can exactly. you can spend a lot of time to become a, become a true master, and, yeah, and you'll, yeah. you'll benefit from that. And, but at the same time, like, if you're sitting there just relying on auto combos, and you're up against someone who actually knows how to perform the manual combos, you are going to get absolutely smoked. Yeah, I can so, see that. It's fun. It's, it's really, it's really fucking good. Um, and it's Dragon it, Ball Z, which for me is fucking great. Yeah, I I've never I never watched that show. Um, I heard that it's uh, takes some time. Things take time. Yeah, well, there's like an abridged version of it, Dragon Ball Z Kai, where it doesn't take you know Goku thirty episodes to fucking cast a spirit bomb. Yeah, right. Isn't that like 180 episodes long though? It's something like that. Yeah, I think, and that's just <laughs> yeah, Dragon Ball Z. Wait, right? the, the the condensed version or the? I think the condensed the condensed version, version. Is over 100 episodes. Hmm. Yeah, that's like 180. And then Super, there's it's over 100 episodes. And then Dragon Ball GT, there's like 60 or 70 episodes. And then there's Dragon Ball, which is, you know, up in the hundreds, I'm sure. So that Z had like, series. what, 150 oh, wow. or something? Something okay. like that. I don't I don't so, know what the exact number, but there's there's a lot of Dragon Ball content out there. So wait, yeah. if if you want to watch if someone's new to Dragon Ball, what should they watch? Uh Dragon Ball Z Kai. Kai. Yeah. How do you spell Kai? K-A-I. Dragon Ball Z okay. Kai is like the abridged Dragon Ball Z. So it's like all of the same story, all the ca same characters. It's the exact same show. They just cut out all of the filler. 
Gotcha. So that's the one to watch. And then from there, I would say watch uh, Super. Super is the newest one, and it's fantastic. Killer. All right. That it's that game looks pretty fun. I'm gonna have to play it. It's quite good. When I'm up uh, up in Northern California in a couple weeks. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's the game I've wanted since I was a little kid. Like as a kid growing up being a huge Dragon Ball fan, like I imported uh, Dragon Ball Z fighting games from Japan. So like I went out, I went to this shady guy's house, and he installed a mod chip in my PlayStation so I could play imported uh, <laughs> Japanese games. So I was playing like Dragon Ball GT Final Bout and Ultimate Battle 22. And, you know, while those games weren't weren't great <laughs> necessarily, uh, you know, mm. as a kid who just wanted a Dragon Ball Z fighting game, they fulfilled that niche. And now here I am, you know, 20 years later, and I have the game I have always wanted. So it's, it's, a, it's a pretty cool feeling. Dude, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, it's cool. Sweet. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. I, I heard you've been playing another game, another anime-influenced anime. Uh, an, an, did I say Animal May? Animal May. <laughs> An, mm-hmm. Animal May. Anime kind of game. Yep. A JRPG. Yep, yep. Pretty, but it's like a, it's a real truncated short kind of thing. You can beat the whole game in like six hours. You know, something like that. Yeah, I'm uh, about halfway through the game. Uh, I'm playing uh, yeah. Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I'm just kind of playing that like trying to be consistent you know do like an hour a day play it here and there it's on the switch which is nice so i can just kind of like curl up on the couch and play it handheld uh works really nice yeah but about 30 hours into this guy now um, about halfway through um and the combat is finally starting to make a whole lot more sense now with like the blade <laughs> combos and like the crazy elemental chains and some of those fights last a good 30 45 minutes they get pretty intense uh it's Hmm. good it's a good game i think i talked about a little bit but uh yeah been playing that one um i think it deserves more credit than due um i know it doesn't have the greatest performance in the world but i mean it's a jrpg who really gives a shit um right it's a fun little game stories goofy as hell characters are goofy as hell a lot of the the cutscenes are cringeworthy um but (laughs) The combat's really fun, and the systems are really fun. And it's not overly complex like a, a Persona or like a Disgaea or anything like that. So it's a pretty solid little right. JRPG. Did you complete Persona? Yeah, I was going to ask nope. that. Nope. I uh, hit about 70 hours, and then uh, I started playing Xenoblade. So after Xenoblade, I think I'll go back. I'm trying to, uh, like Aaron, trying to get the backlog. I've kind of vowed off buying games, at least for the next few <laughs> months, because uh, I just got too much. Yeah, no, seriously, it's uh, it's and, and there's and it's it irritates me. I want to play Subnautica. I want to play this Kingdom Come uh, Deliverance game. Uh, yeah. Looks really killer. That game's got some performance issues. I've heard, so you should be. Careful. Yeah, I think that's the kind of game that you just wait yeah. about six months yeah. of patches, and then maybe it'll a free DLC, and then you're like, oh, now's the time to buy it. Sure. Landed with thirty bucks. Uh, but cool. All right. Well, uh, so I know someone who's buying games. I. I know someone who got uh, some killer Switch games. It's a, it's a two-pack, right? Mm-hmm. Two-pack. Tell me, tell Bay- me about this. Ba- <coughs> so <coughs> you buy Bayonetta 2. Yeah. And you, if you buy the physical copy of it, you get Bayonetta 1 for, f- quote, free or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it basically comes with the code just activated online. And then you download Bayonetta 1, and you got Bayonetta 1, and you got Bayonetta 2. Uh, I played Bayonetta 1 on PC a little bit. Uh, I played your copy on Steam. Uh, right. And Bayonetta 1 is pretty sim- pretty much the same on Switch. They did add some Nintendo costumes, which are very mm. cool. 
And it's cool because uh, the enemies, they drop uh, like little c- currency and they'll drop currency based on whatever costume you're in. It's like if you're like in the link outfit, they drop like rupees. And they drop, it's just kind of a cool little switch. Or that's, that's cool. Maybe it's yeah. a Wii U feature and they pour it from the Wii U. I'm not sure how where, where that, that came from originally. But uh, Bayonetta 1 still kind of looks like a good PS2 game. Whereas Bayonetta 2 actually looks quite good. Like the graphics in that game are quite good. And it also oh, really? runs really well on the Switch. I haven't seen any performance issues. Where I've heard I haven't actually experienced Bayonetta 2 on the Wii U had a lot of issues. Right. The game was not perfect. Yeah, I had a lot of problems I heard, which is a shame. But um, I've really been enjoying them so far. I've actually played both of them for about an hour. Actually, no, I played Bayonetta 1 for about three hours. I wanted to beat that one nice. first. <clears throat> so I've already I got like, get the game yesterday, and I just I've already put a bunch of time into them. They're really they're really great. I was hoping that they would do a local co-op on one Switch for Bayonetta 2, <clears throat> but they didn't. It Those still requires two switches. Yeah, oh. Bayonetta 2 has like a co-op mode. Huh? It's not like a campaign co-op. It's just like a separate mode. Right. But uh, I think Bayonetta Bayonet? 2 probably is the better game from what I had played. If Bayonetta 2 feels. I mean, Bayonetta 1 feels like amazing, and Bayonetta 2 feels like probably perfect. Nice. So, Have you played it in awesome. the handheld mode very much? Yes. Uh, and so the, both games run at 720p, whether handheld or docked. Mm-hmm. Um, and in handheld mode, they look really good. Because, oh, wow. Especially being oh, at yeah. 2, because it's 720p native. And 60fps, right. like, like I said, the big gnomes, no dips. So it, it's really, really nice. Nice, nice. Uh, how does it feel controlling Bayonetta on the Switch uh, handheld? Because that controller, like, it's not great. Good, but yeah, yeah. I've always, I'm curious to see like how a true action game plays on that. Um, <clears throat> so I had Doom 2016 on on my Switch for a while. I got rid of that because it was really hard to play it on those on the sticks. Mm-hmm. But Bayonetta, being a more button based game and not a shooter, actually plays fine. I think it does. I've had no issues with it. Like nice. I, I was playing it upstairs. Um, and it was like you know in handheld mode. It was great. It ran really well. All right, ran well and it controlled well. So I, I didn't have any issues really with it. <clears throat> that's good to hear i'm thinking about um, getting that one uh it maybe in like six months yeah it's it's <laughs> it's super fun um i'd recommend it if you like bayonetta um i hadn't really played a lot of bayonetta i kept, i played near first so i went back to play bayonetta i was like oh this is like plays like near this combat's like very similar but there's just more right more you can deeper, do right say what yeah. it's deeper right yeah it's deeper yeah you have guns on your mm-hmm. damn feet yeah, yeah. And, and the cutscenes are hilarious and silly and campy and ridiculous. The whole game is very campy. It's just a very campy game. In oh, yeah, yeah. I played, but doesn't, it uh, doesn't take itself very seriously in that regard. So Yeah, I finished the first one when it was launched on the 360, and at that time, uh, I had to skip the cutscenes. They were they were so cringeworthy in a lot of places <laughs> that I couldn't I couldn't really handle that. Yeah. You're about the first I, game? The first game, yeah. Yeah, first game's cutscenes are, are, in my opinion, unbearable. People seem to love them. Like I've heard a lot of people are like, "Oh, they're so cute and funny," and I've just they go on for like five minutes and they're they a little long. I actually am watching them. They're kind of funny. They're they're a little much, <laughs> but you know something about Bayonetta that I, I I applaud them on is uh, the game is very visually loud when you're fighting stuff. It's like just so much shit going on. It's you know it's a spectacle fighter, right? There's just like you're fighting on top of a building yeah. and there's like you know falling or it's just like exploding shit. They have these moments of where you're just exploring a city and it's like calm and nice. They've actually, I think it was really smart of them to do that, like have moments of exploration where it's not just nonstop crazy action. I think that would get really fatiguing, right. you know? Yeah, that's so, the uh, Valve's quiet time. Yeah, I applaud them on their pacing. They, they did a good job. But the thing is, though, it's not like where you have to like sit there and talk to Dr. Eli Vance, you know? Like you just can explore and, and kind of do your own little thing. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a good game. I really like it. I can see why everyone talked about it 
what, 10 years ago now? That was a <laughs> Whenever the first yeah, game came out? To, yeah. It's five years ago, I guess. Or wait, no, six years ago, yeah. 2012, man. When the first one came out? Uh-huh. Jeez. Hmm. It seems like it was longer than so. that. Or maybe I'm wrong. Let's see, Bayonetta. I feel like Bayonetta 1 came out. 2010, yeah, okay, eight years ago. Oh, yeah, okay, that shit. sounds more right. Wow. But it's funny because the graphics in Bayonetta 1 are not that, I mean, they're not bad. It just, it looks like a PS2 game. Like, God of right. War 3 it's, might look better. Or God of War 2. Um, God of War 3, I think, definitely God of War better. 2 looks uh, God better. God of War, no. You'd have to look at God of War 2 again. God of War 2 is a great looking game. But Bayonetta, to me, looks like a very much early, early Xbox 360 game. It has that, like, just bloom lighting everywhere. Yeah, like the um, character models. Yeah, it totally and, does. <laughs> Everything's glowing. Yeah. Everything's glowing. Yeah, like Dark Souls has that has a very similar thing going on. I, it must have had something to do with the Xbox hardware because it's just that like gl- that like cheesy bloom lighting that, that nobody ever uses anymore. Yeah. It was in a lot of games like <laughs> ten years ago. Uh, so actually, I, I stand corrected. Two thousand nine is when it came yeah, out. Yeah, almost ten years ago. Okay, that's wow. that's a while that's ago. Insane! Holy shit! Yeah, that's what I thought. Cause like like I they came out a long time ago. I remember. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's cool. Uh, I. I would actually, I might try to play that maybe this week because I've got it on the PC. I can play the original game, be be worth talking about maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, yeah. There's a Steam sale going on right now, isn't there? The Lunar. There is, and I'm not buying shit. Yeah. I'm not buying a motherfucking I'm, I'm thing. I'm trying to tell myself, like, no new games, no new games, but I really want to get Rise of the Tomb Raider. Oh, mm. well, I hear that's pretty great. How much is it? It's like 20 bucks. That's supposed to be a incredibly good yeah, game. Yeah, that's why um, I'm like, because mm, I, I played the new, you know, the Tomb Raider reboot, and that was a great, great little game. Uh, and this, I hear, I hear things about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to, not to uh, sidetrack too much, but uh, speaking of playing old games. Oh yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, that no, that that's a game I would like to get. I, I'm still waiting for it to be like, I don't know. I'll wait for the Christmas sale. Like, yeah, I have, I have no needs. The only thing I was I was kind of looking at, and I'm definitely not going to get because I can just play through Steam Share through Kevin's account. Is uh, what's that game called? Soma. Ah, that Soma. You played awesome. Soma, right, so, Kevin? Soma's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'd say it's worth your time. So, yeah, I'm going to check out Soma. Uh, you guys watch Netflix? Yes. Uh, new show came out, Altered Carbon. It's like a, it's a cyberpunk show. Uh. I know I've talked a little bit to you, Kevin, about this. I know you you are you, you really like the show, right? I really like it. Yeah, I think it's great. I like I'm enjoying the show. I just the first episode put me off a little bit because it was like so referential to Blade Runner. Yeah. It was like, remember the you know, the umbrellas and the lights oh, yeah. and the ladies dancing on the That's buildings. It's very consistent I, throughout the entire series. It is, it is. It took it wasn't until like the second episode where I'm like, okay, I I I see what's going on here. I like the characters, I'm into the plot, I'm into the story sure. and the mystery and all sure. that. Um, that first episode's also vastly confusing because they don't explain shit. Right. I, I guess this is a problem with a lot of Netflix pilot episodes are not as good as the series. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. If I had stopped watching Spartacus after the first episode, I would have, which is a, a piece of garbage. Uh, I would have been sad because I love that I show. I love Spartacus. But don't don't get me started on my love for that steaming pile Spartacus of guilty pleasure. Spartacus is great. Actually, this this show's kind of got some Spartacus similarities. A lot of dongs. There's and a lot of nudity. Way too much nudity. Yeah, a lot of boobs. A lot uh, of wieners. Yeah, I've heard about that. Of, it's it's like okay, well, guess that's what's going on here. Yep. Uh, but seems pretty cool, pretty entertaining. Um, this this it's weird. So Amazon also has a 
sci-fi show based off the work of Philip K. Dick called Electric Sheep. Have you guys seen this yet? I know of the mm. book. Uh, do androids dream of electric sheep? Um, I didn't right, know that was that a is TV the show. It's it's on Amazon. It just launched a couple weeks ago. Uh, I feel like we should watch both of these shows and do a spoiler cast for both that of them, contrasting cool. and comparing. Those are some very or, similar or not. I don't, I, but uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. So I'm, I'm gonna have to check that out. Uh, but yeah, I think I think Altered Carbon's worth checking out. You, you think you might check it out, Kevin? I don't know. Not sure yet. Maybe it's worth watching. It's only Maybe. like ten hours long in its entirety. I think right. Yeah, Pretty short. yeah, it's like ten episodes. I don't even think it's that. Yeah, they're like forty-five minute, fifty-minute episodes. Something so, yeah. like that. It's not a huge commitment. Uh, you know what show I recently watched on Netflix that I really liked was uh, the end of the fucking world. Um, <laughs> the end of the fucking world is that what's called? The end of the effing or f star star uh, ing world. Uh, the end of the fucking world. Yeah, it's like uh, eight episodes long. Each one's a half hour, and it's like a dark hmm. comedy. Um, it reminds me of like. Freaks and Geeks, if Freaks and Geeks was about killing people. Um, it's pretty, pretty fucking great. Hmm. All yeah, right. Check out the end of the fucking world. It's really funny. Um, it's, you know, a very mindless thing to get into. And uh, that show, show goes places. It's about, like, this boy who thinks he's a psychopath and he meets up with this girl and she has, like, all these crazy anger issues. And they uh, go on this kind of spree of committing various crimes and doing things and uh he's planning to kill her th- throughout most of the series and it's whoa it's, yeah mm. it's dark it's super super fucking dark uh it's a great show that's cool yeah, it's funny it's actually funny as hell. that's that's new right that's really that new. just came yeah, out it just came out okay yeah there's like billboards i live right near santa monica boulevard so there's just like billboards all around my house not like like right next to my house but like close uh-huh. so i i think i've seen billboards for that like now i i have no excuse for not knowing what's on TV or in the theaters because there's like 50 fucking billboards within like 100 yards of me. Um, <laughs> in your face at all times. Yeah, more or less. Uh, all right. Shit, guys. Well, I think that might be that might be it. Is that it? Mm-hmm. That's a short one. So yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, know, sometimes. We've got backlog games Short to play. and sweet. Yeah, we got some backlog games to play. Uh, I guess everybody, all the all the people that wrote us said that, uh, that Kevin destroyed us in the Star Wars podcast. So. Oh, is that... <laughs> Is that yes, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. <laughs> Kevin destroyed us. Uh, oh, so I just I'm just gonna live with that, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but thank you for listening, guys. It was good to talk to you. We will be back real soon. We're gonna talk about more games, more shit. Who knows? Yep. Yep. See you next right, time, yes. guys. Check us out on Instagram, the Jump Crouch. Twitter, the Jump Crouch. Uh, you know, give us a rating on uh, iTunes. We appreciate that a That'd lot. That'd be nice. And uh, tell your friends about us. It's the only way for us to really grow the show. So cool. Thanks for listening. We will be back uh, soon, as I said.